I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Indie Football Podcast. I'm your host Luke Brown and joining me in the studio this week we have Chief Football Writer Miguel Delaney, columnist Tony Evans and reporter Jack Rathbourne. Well, last night when we were planning the podcast, we were scrabbling around looking for things to talk about. And then in the space of 24 hours, Tottenham sat Maurizio Pochettino and replaced him with none other than Jose Mourinho. Tony, how on earth did we get to this point? Could you maybe uh, walk us back a little bit through the last few hours? Because this all started kind of Sunday, Monday-ish when uh, yeah the reports came out that Pochettino was on the brink and everything's kind of gone from there. Well, I think it goes back a little bit further than that. I think um, a couple of weeks ago, reports began surfacing from um, from people connected with uh, the Mendes Mourinho camp that Jose was interested in um, in the Tottenham job, and and looking back now, I mean clearly the first. The, 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 I, you know, we can't be exactly sure when the first contact and talks were made, but I suspect they were underway then. And um, you, you know, it's because th- this obviously, you know, there were what t- twelve hours between the uh, the second and the announcement of Jose coming through, less eleven hours. So clearly, a lot of the groundwork had done been done before that. But things started to move at pace on Sunday night, Monday morning, when, you know, when word began to come out that um, there was crisis talks at Tottenham. And I suspect there's been, well, there have been crisis talks for quite a while. And there was, um, over the summer, some unpleasant exchanges between Pochettino and Levy, who've had a very good relationship over the past, what, four and, four and a half years as the, you know, sort of, as as the momentum was taking Tottenham forward. But uh, the, the lack of action in the transfer market um, caused issues in the summer, offloading as much as bringing people in. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it come out of pace um, over a sort of Monday and into early Tuesday. And, you know, and then, then come the hammer blow for Tottenham fans, Pochettino was gone. I suppose at least the the speed at which everything has kind of developed, at least it's shown that Levy has learned his lesson from the uh, disaster when Martin Yell was basically sacked at half-time when he was lining up Juan de Ramos. Um, but I mean, uh, Jack, do we, do we think this is kind of the right time for Spurs to, to sack Pochettino? I think so. I think Levy's getting a lot of it, a lot of criticism for maybe not persevering with one of Spurs' greatest managers, but I think the dynamics of that club have, have shifted over the, the five years he's been there. And Spurs certainly, through the, through the doing of Pochettino, have now greater expectations of who they are and who they, they want to be. I mean, they, they touched almost the, the pinnacle of, or well, the pinnacle of European club football. So it's only fair to to judge them on, on this new dynamic at the club. You've seen Chelsea's ruthlessness, um, United, or, or Spurs are there now. So I think 
while it, it did seem harsh at first, um, first glance, I think the players growing dissatisfied with um, Pochettino's ways, I think as a manager, to be an elite manager, you need to be able to modify your approach. And while this, that approach at the beginning was the right one, we've now grown with these players, he, he's grown with these players, and they've become sort of a... They've had an elevated status. They've they've earned pay rises, and the same methods were, were never going to work. So mm-hmm. I think a stubbornness, stubbornness as such from Pochettino, an unwillingness to to change. Uh, certainly, his public speaking could have done with a bit more of an, a polished approach. And I think in that regard, it wasn't really a surprise because, as we know, it's easier to sack a manager than to replace a lot of these players. So well, the irony is that he essentially turn Tottenham into an elite club right and the fact that they now have these higher standards is essentially what's costing his job well yeah definitely but you know we we should have seen well I think we did see this coming when before the Champions League finally talked about leaving if they won I mean and and you know so there's a little bit he's grown um from Daniel Levy's point of view a, a little more insubordinate over the years and I mean when when a manager talks about leaving if you win I mean I must admit if I was an owner a chairman a chief executive I'd be thinking hmm win or lose I've got to be moving you on but I I have some sympathy for both sides because Pochettino's done a great job you know under straightened circumstances no one can argue about that Uh, on the other hand he's reached they've reached the point where the club is treading water and to give him the Champions League this year, Levy had to make the change. And given the, there's the stadium, I mean, I know they've refinanced, so it's made life a little easier. But still, there's a stadium to be paid for. You've got to bring, they will need to bring in new players. Um, if they don't get in the Champions League, it's going to be difficult. And so you're going to backslide perhaps too far. It's easy to say, you know, Pochettino deserves a chance to rebuild. Keep them there till next summer. But where are they going to be next summer? Because if they're in the same situation where they are now, mid-table, anyway, you know, even in the top ten, but if, if they're you know seventh, eighth, ninth, then it's it's going to be it's going to be the most difficult rebuild ever. They need to get back to where they were, where where Pochettino established them as yeah. a top four team as soon as possible. Sticking with Levy just for a moment before we come on to uh, the man himself. But do, do you feel Levy is ready for for a manager like Mourinho? Because we know that Levy didn't really like the kind of Pochettino press conference dramas. And we know he didn't like the comments before the Champions League final. No, he didn't like Danny Rose's comments last week, actually, when Danny Rose essentially came out and said, well, I'm going to I'm gonna stick around till the end of my contract and then do one on a free transfer. Well, he's now got rid of Pochettino, who, who was kind of you know, a novice in those dark arts and has employed the absolute master. And we, and we know that, that Mourinho is going to be kind of getting up to all sorts of mischief and, and calling Levy out and, and getting involved in a lot of politics. Do you think Levy's got any idea what he's let himself in for? I think it's going to be very, very difficult because, um, you know, uh, Levy has his way of operating. Jose has his own way. And there doesn't seem much of a, a middle ground between them. Um, so yeah, I, I I think one of the things that Mourinho will have done is uh, um, put in a set of demands, for want of a better word, and Levy will have to accede to them. And if he doesn't keep his promises, I can imagine that Mourinho will be 
squawking like oh, like what oh like a Jose. <laughs> Uh, Jack, last question before uh, the Mourinho section. Should any of Tottenham's players feel ashamed? I think it's cutthroat, isn't it? Football, I think you look around and you see similarly talented players playing for other clubs at, in the same competition in the Champions League, earning two or threefold what you're earning. I think you're entitled to push for what you, what you feel entitled to. And I think a lot of those Spurs players for a long time were playing for for much less less wages than they, they were entitled to and while they owe Pochettino a lot let's, let's be real here Pochettino should be grateful for having a group of players that were willing to buy in so strongly to uh, an ideology a way of playing which which again is quite rare for, for that two way relationship so I think over five years I think both the players and the manager I think they got the best out of each other and I think it just sort of something had to give and I think it's it's naive to expect players to, as they reach the the autumn of their careers, to to sort of turn away the, the chance to earn more money or or not kick up a fuss. I think that that just doesn't happen at this level of football now. I think whenever we talk about Tottenham, we always come back to the basic point that there's only two ways you keep players and you keep players happy. One's winning trophies, the other is paying competitive wages. And Tottenham do neither. And until they actually do. Okay, well, we can put it off no longer. We've got to speak about Jose Mourinho. Um, Miguel, you've been unusually quiet. Uh, what what problems do we envisage with Mourinho at Spurs? Well, busy, I suppose. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the first thing, we're all aware of the themes of Jose Mourinho's career. And, and part of me was thinking last night, when when it became apparent he was uh, he was talking to Spurs and it was going to it was going to happen like Christ back to all this again like we've discussed so many of the elements of Mourinho's career so many so many times um, and on another level I think that it does actually pose some kind of broader questions to Spurs and that how can you be a club who goes from where your ideal choice is Nagelsmann or Brendan Rodgers to someone completely different to Mourinho given some of the debates. About uh, some of those debates about his career, uh, apparently those have written for the Independent t- this morning and should be gone up at the time we're recording now. <laughs> um, in his meeting w- with Levy, he told him basically that he's in his eleven months out of the game, he's developed a new football strategy and philosophy. <laughs> uh, that he is willing to promote youth he deems good enough, okay. and he thinks the squad is one of the best in the Premier League. Uh, uh, which was music to Levy's ears because he similarly thinks that and one of the reasons ultimately he got rid of Pochettino beyond all attention beyond what happened around the Champions League final and, and uh, Pochettino always kind of fudging um, questions about w- w- when it was asked about his future um, I think he ultimately he, he similarly thinks this this uh, Spurs squad is the third best in the league and he doesn't see why he should have to kind of bring such a clear out to keep Poch in that way, which is essentially what, what Poch wanted. But um, beyond all that, that pitch from Mourinho, it's basically, it's basically it's, yes, it's persuasive. And given what, what, what we've seen from him on Sky over the past year, you can see why, like, I mean, he's a brilliant communicator. You can see why he's had such historic success over most of his career and so connected with players. But it was exactly the same pitch he gave to Manchester United. And it was proven just words. And this is the big question, really. Has again, we're at this. Has he sufficiently evolved? Mm. I mean, if like if you consider the way Pep and Klopp are playing football now, it is in the, in the last few years alone we've seen an evolution on how they prepare, how they coach, and that's you know 
a decade on from Mourinho's best. Um, so I don't know. He is going to bring in entirely new staff. Um, he's also, uh, you know, he's <laughs> one of the stories I heard actually on the way in that I haven't written yet is that he apparently wants to bring Nemanja Matic in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, which... <laughs> Matic and Wanyama in midfield will be. So, so I, 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 I don't know. There, a lot of, there's a lot of talk that he's a refreshed figure now, and he's but he's got a point to prove. But again, well, why would he want to bring Matic in when he's got Eric Dyer? He <laughs> wants a Dyer, didn't he? Well, this, to be fair, this is one thing I'd say that this this squad now was it was now too old for Pochettino. Basically, he needed a fresher, younger young yeah. group who weren't stale of him. But <laughs> this is exactly the age profile that Mourinho usually likes. Exactly, yeah. and he's tried to sign half of them. Yeah, uh, Harry Kane, Eric Dyer, Danny Rose. I was going to say this has been overlooked because the big gripe with Mourinho seems to be, oh well, is is, is he the right man for a complete squad refresh? Is he the right man to rebuild? But Levy doesn't want a manager coming in and and demanding a rebuild. He wants to kind of make do with the players he's got. He's already spent a lot of money this summer. Yeah, absolutely, and it's what it comes back to with Poch as well. I mean, he might have changed the club and the whole mentality about the club, but he couldn't change one of football's fundamental truths, which is that it's easier to get rid of a manager than a yeah. raft of players. What players do we think should be worried, and who do we think is going to be is going to be happy to see to see him? I mean, presumably Eric Dyer is going to be yeah. delighted. Troy Parrott, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he he's apparently kept out of media duties last night after Ireland's under twenty one game. Really? Well, I suppose I mean a, a kid that young. I suppose I mean you never know. <laughs> Not that media train suddenly asked questions about his future and the future of Spurs. I suppose Hugo Lloris is, looks like he's a player who could go sooner rather than later. He's said numerous times that he'll follow Pochettino at the door. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm being, I'll be interested to see how it works with uh, with Christian Eriksen. I mean, you know, you can just see Jose making that like tuck in movement, can't you? Yeah. You know, to you know, drop back, you know, sort of fill the space, and um, so that that'll be interesting, especially as you know he's a player on his way out anyway. I mean, how how Mourinho will be able to motivate him will be crucial. Yeah, well, on that as well. I mean, Alder Wilde's another interesting one, given Mourinho wanted him. Um, his contract situation is ongoing since that since Mourinho wanted him. And do, uh, I saw his quotes on TV last night after he was basically told that Pochettino was leaving. And it wasn't actually, it wasn't exactly, I'm devastated. Oh, yeah. He'd <laughs> be like, don't, don't let the door at your jacksy on the way out. <laughs> is, uh, is this Mourinho's final chance, do we think? It's a step down for him, isn't it, in terms of, you know, the, the jobs he's been, you know, so he's always... Once he got elevated to that level, he's always, um, you know, sort of been in similar style clubs. Even the step backwards to Chelsea, you know, for the for the second awkward remarriage, mm-hmm. which he didn't particularly want to do, but was still Chelsea and, you know, he won a title with them. Now, this is a, a step down to a job where it's going to be a big issue winning trophies. And, I mean, it's almost like, for him, starting at the bottom. Yeah, well, I mean, let's not forget, this is a guy who in 2010 or 2011, no, it would have been 2011, when uh, Pellegrino, he was he was facing Malaga, his predecessor, at Real Madrid, and he goes, when I leave Real Madrid, I don't take jobs like Malaga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, they're not too far off an English Malaga in that sense. Right, yeah. They've won more trophies, but in terms of the profile of the club at the time. And it, but also, as regards that... Um, Apparently, his family were big behind this because they wanted him to take a London job, yeah. so to wait for one. Um, and, I, and I think the other offers he has says a lot about that. It was probably something from Milan, who were almost third tier at this point. Mm. China, yeah, Middle East. Um, yeah, I mean, like really, kind of f- football is kind of 
backwater paydays essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but, but but even allowing for that, there is still a sense that he's doing Spurs the favor in this. Yeah. Because they're so dependent on his box office value. I mean, this is another side to it. This is a time when Levy's he's really trying to bank on the the new international profile from getting to the first Champions League final. So that's why, I mean, they just couldn't countenance the idea of another season out of the Champions League. They want to really make the move on it now. Um, and in that regard, and, and there's also murmurs about wanting to sell the club as well. Uh, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, but Mourinho now makes Spurs, Spurs, the biggest story in London. Yeah. And one of the biggest in the Premier League. Do you think they finished in the Champions League sports this season? I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, what the 11 points off it? No, thirds of the season gone. But when you look at the standards and you look at the uh, the, the teams above them, apart from two, you know, you, you'd say to yourself, yeah, there's got to be a really good chance. I mean, Chelsea aren't that great. I think we've overpraised Chelsea. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think the um, the first 70 minutes against Ajax told mm. us how good Chelsea were, and and it's not very. Um, I, I think that, you know Leicester have done great, but you wonder whether you can sustain that. But everyone else, I mean, Tottenham can leapfrog them. Also, as regards to Chelsea and even Leicester, maybe if there's suddenly a bit of heat on them, mm. but I think you, you think both mm. could buckle from a kind of lack of experience. Yeah, and yeah, and then you know, and you you know, Brenton will have one eye on Arsenal now. <laughs> Arsenal, should they go for Poch? <laughs> Didn't he say he, he he quite literally said he'd rather be working on his Argentine farm than working for Arsenal? Although Mourinho <laughs> said that he he didn't want to ever work for Spurs. So uh, you know, uh, Rafa Benitez's favourite phrase is "football is a lie." So you know, it's <laughs> uh, just before we head to the break, um, and all snark aside. Who are we predicting will play in Mourinho's first Spurs eleven for West Ham? I mean, the defence kind of picks itself, Rafa? I, I, I guess so. I think Sanchez is the, the mystery uh, for, for this squad. Does he bring back the, the veterans out of Ireland and Vertonghen if he's fit? Um, I think Eric Dyer, which, which role does he have? What is he envisaging with uh, Dyer with his Spurs team? I think probably he will slot into midfield. I mean, it's just a case of is Sissoko too much of a Pochettino player? That that fluidity to his his game, I'm I'm not sure that works with Mourinho. I think that will be a, a bit of a casualty because I think he'll want more rigidness, um, a bit more, I don't know, a bit more shape and organisation. So maybe he's a player that eventually works his way out out the team and moves on. And it will be interesting to see how he handles Ndombele. I think yeah, Ndombele is most interesting because he yeah. was Pochettino's primary pick. The mm. the player Pochettino wanted to work with above all others and came to Spurs for that reason and is now working under Mourinho. Yeah, I wonder what he's thinking this morning. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. But the one thing Mourinho is good at is organising teams. Well, I haven't said that. I saw his Manchester United side and I wonder whether his new approach to football that he's talked about while he's been out is disorganisation. But, um, the, you know, you know, and Dembele looks as if he's got quite a lot of talent and so you know I, I could see him fitting them in within uh, probably a bit more structure within that midfield you know getting Dyer back in and um, and uh, for me the really interesting thing will be how he deploys Deli Alley and because one of the things about Pochettino is they, they you know they try to do that earth and earth position with him behind Harry Kane, a bit like Steven Gerrard mm. with Torres. And, um, but, you know, you found yourself wondering, wh- what sort of player was Deli Ali? Is he a midfielder? 
because he didn't seem to be. Is he an attacker? Well, he wasn't quite there because he isn't as talented as, as Gerrard. So will he play him as a midfielder? I think he's more likely to do that. And will we see, after a period of plateauing, Deli Ali kick on? Will Mourinho be good for Ali? Uh, uh, Ali's best position is definitely further forward, I think. Like, like you said, he had the best season of his career when he was essentially playing up front with Kane. But he's also, above all other Spurs players, perhaps one who most needed this change, just on a personal level, because he's just stagnated completely. Well, I mean, you know, he did look great in that position going forward, but he tended to neglect his defensive duties, and Tottenham would get overrun in the centre of midfield sometimes because of that. Uh, I think he'll benefit from more structure. Yeah, and the big question all as well is how many of the issues related to so many individual Spurs players, like Ali like Ericsson, uh, even like Alder Wyrold, is, is because they were just in a situation that they'd just grown tired of. Mm. And that, that will, even subconsciously, even if you're not unintentionally, it will just kind of sap your energy. And a, a new manager will help change that. Although another side to this, I think, is actually, in terms of how much pressure the manager puts on his players, I'm not sure Mourinho's enough of a change. I mean, the players were absolutely sick of how overbearing um, Pochino and the regime were. So now they've got Mourinho. I mean, <laughs> it might be that much of a breath of fresh air. But in Solskjaer, Solskjaer joined United, didn't he? And was kind of shocked at how fitness levels weren't kind of anywhere. No, not in terms he... of fitness, I mean in terms of kind of the mental. Ah, uh, okay. Like just, you know, what, what he demands from that regard. Yeah. I, I think there's two things that you've got to look at. Every income manager says, so take them with a complete pinch of salt. One, the team aren't fit enough. Every incoming manager says that. And two, oh yeah, I can win with this squad. They all say that. And, you know, the reality is, it's, it's just the, the fairly, you know, they say that to appease the bosses and to give them a get-out clause. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I think this this squad, he, he, he said that there's a lot, a lot more life left in it, but I think it will take great turnover. And while Spurs maybe don't have the, the funds that United have, I think Mourinho will be looking for guarantees that, Levy's willing to buy a lot of players, but maybe you, you service that with the blueprint from his second spell at Chelsea when, when he sold Luis, Lukaku, brought in Fabregas, Costa. So spent a lot, but got a little bit back. So I think these next six months will be about identifying, identifying players that maybe you can sacrifice and not lose a lot, but gain a lot back in funds to, to make sure that net spend is in that Tottenham, Tottenham realm. OK, gents, uh, time for a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be focusing a little bit more on Pochettino and what on earth he does next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Indie Football Podcast. Unfortunately, uh, Miguel has had to go. He's got some people to argue with on Twitter. Uh, but we're going to carry on regardless. Um, we may have had a break, but we're still reeling at the news that uh, Jose Mourinho is the new manager of Tottenham Hotspur. He replaces Maurizio Pochettino, arguably the greatest Spurs manager since Bill Nicholson. Um, and Pochettino obviously now becomes the most in-demand man in football. Uh, Jack, what teams do you think will be interested in Pochettino? And um, perhaps more importantly, what teams do you think Pochettino will be interested in? I think it's interesting. I think last summer seems like, well, a year at this time last year looked like Man United were looking for maybe to push ahead and, and take him from Spurs, but Daniel Levy have had a very different opinion of um, Mauricio Pochettino then and prevented anything of that sort happening. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done just about enough to give himself a grace period, so I think that job probably won't be coming up anytime soon, which which leaves the likes of PSG. I think Thomas Tuchel, again, it's looking promising for them. I think he, he is coping with all the egos, the big names there, so whether that comes up anytime soon, I'm not too sure. I guess it will depend on the Champions League and I think main, mainly maybe Juventus, that might be a job that comes up if Maurizio Sarri doesn't quite meet expectations. Uh, certainly, I think the jury will remain out on him and names like Ronaldo and the the, the big names there like Bonucci will, will have their say as the season develops. Obviously, it depends whether they can do well in the Champions League. So maybe a job like that w- would be the ideal fit for him because he can bring a style of football to a, a team like Juventus that is craving that. So. Yeah, I think it, it it's going to develop over the coming months, but maybe that's the job abroad for him. Yeah, Tony, I suppose the obvious one would be Real Madrid. Um, it's a club Pochettino has actually spoken about. It's a club that looks like they're going to be needing a new manager sooner rather than later. But do you think Poch would probably need a job in between Spurs and Madrid? Because if you go to Real Madrid and you don't win a trophy immediately and then they sack you, it, you know, it's beginning to look a little bit dodgy for him, I suppose. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Real Madrid, given, you know, uh, Florentino Perez and the way he operates, I think it's almost a free hit that if he goes to Madrid, gets sacked, kind of people don't see it as a black mark against you because the madness there is, the burn about. So, and I think that would be his favourite option. But I think there'll be quite a few clubs who'll be delighted that... Um, you know, that this has happened now because obviously he was under contract to Tottenham until 2023 and people didn't want to, you know, sort of pay huge amounts to get him in there. Now, you know, essentially you, you can get him for nothing. So um, I think it will be a, a test on nerve really. I think in the coming months, I mean, Solskjaer seems to have done enough, but if you're Ed Woods, what do you think? Well, what if someone gets in and gets Pochettino before me? Um, you know, again, you know, Juventus. One of the things I like the idea of PSG and Juventus, the way Pochettino operates. I like I like to think of him, you know, ignoring Neymar or ignoring, <laughs> ignoring Ronaldo. That'd be brilliant. Can you imagine? I'm, I'm not so sure he's actually cut out to be the sort of manager who'll deal with egos like that. 
And and this will be the fascinating thing for us going forward. But why do you, see- think that, do you think that's to do with his own ego? The fact that he wants to be sort of the big man wherever he wherever he is. No, I don't think it's so much so much ego. It's the, just the way he operates. The way if if players upset him for any reason, yeah. And I'll tell you what, Cristiano's going to upset you one way or another. Is he blanks them? So you know, it's a and and obviously there's a bit of real politic going on there because you 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 can't really do that with your your superstar players, but you know he would have to uh, would have to have a shift of mindset in the way he deals with players. I mean, one of the problems and we've seen at the Tottenham, we saw it at um, Southampton and we saw it at Espanyol. You know, he alienates particularly the senior players uh, by. By blanking them, not talking to them, so you know it's um, and they don't come much more senior than Cristiano Ronaldo. I said just a moment ago he's the most in-demand man in football. I mean, I feel that's kind of indisputable, really. But what reservations do you think clubs might have about appointing him? Well, I think there's a sense of if you look back at the, you know, with Tottenham, uh, Tottenham he has a very good group of young players and a window was there for them to win something and they never did and they kind of self-destructed at vital moments crucial moments you know we always remember the the Chelsea game um, at Stamford Bridge in the year Leicester won the title but you know there's a whole list of them which you you, you can um, call up Um, you know there's that uh, there's the fact that you know they got to the Champions League final they sort of backed their way into it you know they were beginning to disintegrate you know, in the spring, they but you know they missed an opportunity against it. You know, it wasn't a great performance from Liverpool, and uh, tactically, Klopp outthought them, which um, you know, which, which hasn't always happened. So, so the, the, there's that. You know, and he nearly got the Real job in the summer. You know, is he a nearly man? Is he the sort of manager who will needs young players? He certainly needs a constant turn. Turnover in the dressing room because is he the sort of manager who shtick wears thin too quickly? And uh, people will be weighing that up. And but having weighed all that up, you look at the opposite, you know, the opposite sides of it. Uh, the way he's done at Tottenham, now having a home ground, having Daniel Levy running the transfer business. You know, what manager really is going to succeed properly under those circumstances? Rafford, do you think the past few weeks and months have maybe tarnished his reputation? Because obviously he spoke a lot about leaving the club um, after the Champions League final, had they have won that. Was that maybe the perfect time for him to bow, bow out? I don't think so. He's vastly experienced, but at the same time when he took Tottenham to the Champions League final, he sort of elevated his his uh, reputation and took himself into a different stratosphere with regards to the media exposure, taking his name onto like, the world stage as such. And I think he just struggled somewhat to to cope with the expectations because I think up to that point he could do no wrong and I think even though it was still a, a lot a huge success reaching the final I think he he was unsure how to to cope with the expectations that maybe he, he would have to pick this team up had if they lost and was he would he be able to do that um, if he'd won could he could he rebuild again and build on that enormous success or I think he was just a little unsure about the future beyond that because maybe he he believed it was possible but I think once once he got to that stage after that incredible semi-final against Ajax I think it came all it came very quickly it came maybe too soon almost Um, and I think 
largely his reputation will, will stay the same because it was it was a long period I think at Tottenham and um, in modern football now to to go more than two or three years I think is a is a surprise at, at mega clubs and he has the ability to to form something to um, to build a project which I think is is maybe maybe quite rare these days. We talk about the guy that's taking over at Tottenham. Mourinho as such is is building in the, the short and medium term, whereas other clubs might might covet something a, a bit more precious. Um, they, they look at what Pep and Klopp have done at City and Liverpool. He can certainly um, he can certainly do something similar. I think when he's given the funds, and I think you mentioned Real and uh, Juve might. They've got egos that maybe he hasn't got the experience of dealing with as such. But a club like Bayern Munich, ready to do that massive rebuild, maybe they look at him and think, yeah, we do have a couple of big egos like Lewandowski who we would want to keep, but then there, there are other big egos that we're willing to ship out. So that might be the perfect storm for him. A, a, a massive club able to deliver, wouldn't say trophies on the cheap, but a club that can give him the experience of picking up trophies regularly, but also big funds, Young players compared to a club like Real, who maybe you want to buy really, really um, proven world-class stars. So, yeah, maybe that's a club that would be eyeing him up as uh, the ideal man. I suppose this summer was the turning point, wasn't it? I mean, you know, he had this. He he, he ident- the, the sad thing is he identified precisely what the problem was. He knew that the squad needed a complete overhaul. Perhaps he was guilty of being slightly naive in believing that Daniel Levy was going to completely kind of bring in a new squad and ship out the likes of Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Danny Rose, all in one go. Um, and it's and it's ended in a way that he, yeah, almost predicted, it seems. Well, not so much this summer. Go back the summer before. And, yeah, you see, there's two ways of looking at this. One way is, yes, he was looking to ship out players and bring in fresh blood. And, you know, and, and, and that's what managers have to do because, you know, you it does, you know, you get to the stage where the players have heard it all before. You need, Someone with um, to come in who you know sort of will rise to the challenge, who will uh, sort of take take on the ideas as fresh and and sort of give a bit of vitality to the side. The, the other the other uh, side of the coin is that you know perhaps you need to keep your senior senior players on board. You know, so maybe because Tottenham's got squads quite good, and some of the players he wanted to offload. I, I don't think are bad players. I mean, you know, the, the centre-earths for Tonga and Alderweireld, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, w- most teams in the Premier League, even at the top, would want them. So, you know, it's somehow, you know, you alienate Christian Eriksen. Keep your best players on side somehow. And, you know, even Danny Rose can do a job. You know, Danny Rose is... Um, one of those players who gets a lot of criticism. And th- there is a great sense that Tottenham need two full backs. But, I mean, you know, he, he, he'll do a job. So, while, yes, the way Daniel Levy worked, really put Pochettino in a hole. Works, is, put him in a hole. Probably there, there is the other side of it, that if he would have been able to keep this very talented squad, and I, I think... Probably, I agree with Levy that the probably the third best squad in the Premier League. Um, you've, you've got to keep them together and keep them focused and keep them believing. And somehow, some of that squad lost belief in them. And that after, after four and a half years, it's not a surprise. But the very best managers can, you know, it's, it's 
a similar amount of time to Klopp's been there and, and the, see the difference there. And one of the problems from is any jobs that come up now, they're all, you need to win now. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have time to rebuild. In fact, you know, we, you know, we, we talked about uh, Guardiola. Guardiola was in a situation where he had the money to build if he wanted to, but he also had a set of players and an infrastructure that was ready to win. Uh, Klopp is an exception to the rules because the owners, Fenway Sports Group, love him so much. They were always going to give him time, and you know, there the, the were points. I mean, there's been progression for Liverpool, but it wasn't quite as fast as the fans wanted and possibly the owners wanted, but they got there in the end. Tottenham were on a similar progression, but it didn't, you know, Pochettino didn't quite have the support that Klopp had and he may not get that kind of time and support anywhere else. Final question, what do you think he should do next and what do you think would be the ideal job for him? Uh, if I was him, I'd, I'd take a long holiday and, and not think about football for, you know, oh, I don't know, a day and a half. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and, and then I'd just wait for my phone to ring. And I think probably uh, a, a good place for him would be PSG. They, they, they will, undoubtedly, they'll, they'll struggle in the Champions League knockout phase. And so come next summer, they'll be looking for someone. Um, I don't think I'd be... I go to. I don't think I go and deal with Perez at uh, Real Madrid. Or you know what? He might well get the phone call even earlier from Ed Woodward. I think uh, PSG would be perfect because he can go. He's intimately familiar with the club. He can win something, get that monkey off of his back, and then potentially what in year, a year, two years, Cristiano Ronaldo might not be around at Juventus, and suddenly that job looks a lot more appealing than it does at the moment. Yeah, I think certainly Juventus are in that win-now mode, so it would deprive him the opportunity to to build something with his own sort of footballing DNA. Um, he would have to compromise, while also the, the upside would be that he'd, he'd pick up trophies regularly there, domestically at least. Um, I think United might be the one where, if it goes south quickly under Solskjaer, that's a fan base that know what it's like to to rebuild and how difficult it is. They have the resources, and maybe that's a that would be a very rare opportunity at an, an elite club with um, enormous expectations. Yeah. But they could, I don't know, have the patience which you would never experience at Real Madrid, Juventus. Whilst Tottenham is a big club, it's it's a it's a, it's a next level, and the patience is it will be rare because of the sustained. Mediocrity maybe is the yeah is, I, is harsh, but I agree completely. Yeah. And I think um, United's in a situation where they they need to be patient. They've tried the quick fix, which you always say didn't work. So you know, and if Woodward's you know, if he decides to go with Pochettino, then he'll stay with them. You know, it's, uh, so that that will probably be perfect for him. Okay, thank you, gents. Uh, there's just enough time left for a hero and villain of the week. Jack, do you want to nominate a hero? Going to go with Aaron Ramsey, absolutely phenomenal um, performance for Wales. Um, to, to get them back to a tournament, I think, is uh, really exciting for the future under Ryan Giggs. And that's a team that will be thinking about being, being a dark horse at the Euros. And Gareth Bale for his flag as well. Indeed, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> to have a sense of humour at, at the top, I think, is quite rare. And um, he certainly uh, enjoyed that, despite undoubted ramifications once he returns to the capital in Spain. And Tony, do you have a villain? Well, I think I've got to go for the obvious, Daniel Levy. And it's not for sacking Pochettino, but it's for this mad 
way of operating where you want to do the wheel of dealing and you wait till the last minute of the, you know, the as the clock's ticking down transfer windows to try and get your deals done. And another chief executive in the Premier League said, when you look at how we operate in this transfer business, you know, and you see where Tottenham, you know, Tottenham underperform every year. Are you really surprised? I'm not really surprised. <laughs> Thank you. Sadly, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, be sure to follow Indie Football on social media to keep up to date with everything that is going on. And if you're a new listener, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is you listen. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.